first eight verses of Romans chapter number eight. Romans chapter number eight, verse one through eight. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Paul writing to that church at Rome, he says this, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now this is important right here. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hmm. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now here it is again. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, that's that capital S, Holy Spirit, the things of the spirit. Now this is serious words right here in verse six. For to be carnally minded is death. That's pretty serious. But to be spiritually minded is what Sister Winnie was talking about, life and peace. Mm. What about that? Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject unto the law of God, neither can be. Neither indeed can be. So that then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's pray for just a moment. Lord Jesus, Father, I thank you that in days previous, Lord, you laid this scripture upon my, my heart. You laid it before my eyes and you've, you've said it. You've set it in me, Lord. You fixed it upon me. And I pray, God, that right now, as I have prayed, Lord, that you would be faithful to fill me with the Holy Spirit of God. I thank you for the indwelling spirit that never leaves and never forsakes and has sealed me under the day of redemption. But, Lord, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be satisfied just with an indwelling spirit. Oh, God, I long for a filled a filling spirit. Lord, and even if you would go farther, I pray that you do what you told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Lord, that I'd have that Holy Ghost unction that I need this morning to preach this word just as you've given it. And I pray, Father, that the, the hearer would be receptive and not just be receptive, but responsive according to what the Spirit says to their soul and spirit. God, I pray that you'd help us to overcome I pray, Father, that you'd help us right now to overcome distraction. You'd help us to overcome our wicked thoughts. That you'd help us to overcome uh, worries and cares. Lord, we know they're still there. But, Father, I pray that we would arrest our attention on what you would have to say to us through the powerful word of God and the peace-speaking spirit of God. Bless our church, we ask. And save the lost today, I pray. In Jesus' sweet holy name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. If we were to look in just the first eight verses of Romans chapter 1, and we'll continue, and we're going to turn to some other passages, including the uh, verse down through verse 14 in this chapter. But if we look just in these eight verses, we will see a contrast. Uh, 
we will see a very clear contrast of two different elements. One being the Spirit. Fourteen times in these first eight verses, the capital S Spirit is referred to. That Spirit, it refers also in this phrase as we see in verse number one. In Christ Jesus, in the flesh, in the flesh is spoken of being either in Christ or in the Spirit. Uh, and we find this about those who are in the Spirit, those who uh, walk in the Spirit. It says there in verse number one that there's no condemnation for those people. Amen. It says in verse number two that those people who are in the flesh are, are, not, are free from the law of sin and death. In verse number four, those that are in the Spirit shall fulfill the righteousness of the law. In verse number nine, it tells us as we go on that the Spirit dwells in them who are in the Spirit. In verse number 10, as we'll read on shortly, we'll see that the body is dead. But we have life through the righteousness of Christ. Amen. It says in verse 11 that the Spirit dwells in us who are in the Spirit. And he will someday quicken our mortal bodies in that rapture of the church. It says in verse number 13 that we shall live according to him being in us. And he says in verse number 14 that we are the sons of God if we are in the Spirit. The contrast there of the Spirit, though, is the flesh. It is sinful flesh. It is the paradise. It is the, it is the opposite end of the spirit. The contrast is clear 12 times here in these first eight verses. The flesh is referred to and to be in the flesh. The flesh and what it has done if, in, in, in these first several verses. In verse number three, it says that the flesh actually weakened the law. Look at it once again to make sure I'm right. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, the flesh, the sinful flesh is a very powerful force. It is sinful. It is so said in verse number in, in these verses that it is condemned that in verse number three that God condemned sin in the flesh. Verse number six and seven, it talks about being carnally minded, carnally minded, those who are driven by their flesh. It says that those who are, listen to me, carnally minded are on their way to death. To be carnally minded is death, is what it says. It said it is enmity against God. What does that mean? It means that you are in an adversarial, rebellious warfare against the God of heaven. That's what it says. And it is not subject to the law. Now, he's getting very specific right here. It says and neither indeed can be. You know what he's talking about right here? He's talking about lost people. He's talking about lost people. This is, this is what the flesh means. Those who are living in the flesh and not in the spirit. It says in verse number eight, a very serious charge. It says they cannot please God. They cannot please God. We are in further verses there, verse number 12. It says that we, that, that, that live, or those that live after the flesh. It says they are a debtor to flesh. You owe the flesh. You pay the flesh. Verse number 13, it says, those that are in the flesh will die. Now, Brother Adam, everybody's going to die. Well, I know that, but there is such a thing as the Bible calls a second death. There is no recovery from that. So here is the contrast. It's the spirit and the flesh. Spirit and the flesh. And so as we look into these verses, I, I, want us, I want us to, as you're in Romans there, back up to chapter number 7. 
Back up to chapter number 7 and notice some words with me here. This is Paul writing. And I believe truly as I study these chapters, especially chapter number 6, 7, and 8, I believe we find Paul being as transparent as he can possibly be about himself and his personal relationship with the Lord and also his struggle as being in this human form. Here is Paul in chapter number 7, verse 15 through 20. And see if you can identify with this as I can. For that which I did. No, no, let's, let's just back up. Let's back up. Hmm. Look at verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Wait a minute. Paul's writing. And Paul says, I am carnal, sold unto sin. Verse number 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would... That I do, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform? That which is good, I find, I find not. Verse 19, for that which, for the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Does anybody can identify with Paul's writing this morning? Now, if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Here, here is not just the contrast of, of flesh and spirit, but here is the conflict. Here is the conflict. It is a war. It is a war of, if you will, want to. It is a war of want to. Because the spirit wants to do right. Because it's not our spirit. It's the spirit of God within us. And it cannot do wrong. And it cannot sin. And it cannot fail. And it cannot shade its way towards wickedness and evil. It cannot speak a harsh word. It cannot speak an evil word. It cannot do an evil thing. But the Spirit is in this vehicle of this sinful flesh. Paul, I find him here being very transparent when he said, I would do right, but I end up not doing right. And I would not do wrong, but I end up failing. Yeah. Is it just me? Is it just me by myself in this situation? When I get up in the morning and I pray, God, it is my intention to do everything that you want me to do, to heed your still small voice, to look into your precious word, to do your commandments because I love you. But then probably before lunchtime, oh, Lord. And surely before I pillow my head, oh, God. Boy, I didn't want to. I didn't start out to this morning. I didn't intend to do wrong. But it's me again, Lord. Oh, but I'm, I'm so thankful that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful that he's there with forgiveness, but it does not make the conflict any less. It does not make the struggle any less. It does not make the war any less furious. This flesh and this spirit, this conflict that we find ourselves in, it is much like Galatians chapter number 5, verse 16 and 17, before he gets to that listing of the manifestations of the flesh and the sin, and then the fruit of the spirit later on in chapter number 5. In verse 16 and 17, Paul writing to that church in Corinth makes this statement. 
This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a simple statement. It is very true. It is absolutely true that if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fall to the lust of the flesh. That sin, that seedbed of sin in first, uh, John chapter 2, verse 16. What are all these things in the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He says, if we walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Paul's being very transparent here. And, it's, and, it's, and he's saying it to them, but here in Romans, he's saying, oh, it's me. It's me too. Now, wait a minute, Paul. Paul is the greatest preacher this side of Calvary. You understand me? Paul's the greatest preacher this side of Calvary. He wrote this Bible down in the muck and mire of prison. He was carted all over the Roman Empire as, as the one who was broken love. He was, he was, uh, he was uh, uh, attacked by a wild beast in Ephesus. He was beaten. He was stoned in Lystra, left for dead. Uh, he was shipwrecked. He was attacked. He was abandoned. That's right. This great man of God. But he told us back over there in Romans chapter number 6, he said this. He said, for sin, verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, in our, verse, in our verses here, in uh, some verses that he reads to us in various places, he says there's liberty. We're in, we're in liberty. Now, others have perverted that terminology, and they have taken great advantage, and they have misused that word of liberty. But here's what, it's, here's what liberty means. It means when the speed limit says 55, I don't drive no more than 55. That way, I don't have to worry about getting a ticket. And when it says, don't steal these things or we'll arrest you, you don't steal them and you don't get arrested. And then when it says, if you drive drunk, you're going to get arrested for driving drunk and DUI, you have to go before the judge. But if you don't drive drunk, you're not going to get arrested for driving drunk. And if you don't buy drugs, you're not going to run the risk of getting arrested for buying drugs so you don't have to worry about it. That's the liberty. When you live within the boundaries of the law of God, God said through his word, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But not the flesh. Mm. Not the flesh. The flesh wants what it wants, when it wants it, how much it wants it. The flesh wants to do bad. The flesh plans to do bad. The flesh purposes to do bad. The flesh schemes in order to do bad. It's conflict. It's conflict. Oh, do we have any hope? Oh, yes, sure we do. Absolutely, this same one who's so transparent to us, he says later on in chapter number 8, verse 37, he said, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You can win the war. You can win the war between the flesh and the spirit. Are you listening this morning? You can win. You don't have to leave today defeated just because the flesh won a few skirmishes and you found yourself in a compromised situation and you found yourself thinking old thoughts and saying old words and going to old places and doing old things. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you can win this morning. You can win this warfare. Amen. This conflict is not over, child of God. 
It's not over, but it is two things. In these verses in Romans chapter 8, he gives us a, a literal example. Let's go back and let's look at verse 9 through 14. Look at this, picking up. Say, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, verse 8. But, but ye are not in the flesh. He's talking to saved people. But in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. You're lost. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we declare, we are, I'm sorry, but therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. To live after the flesh. For if you live, notice this phrasing, notice this word, after. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the Spirit, if, if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led, oh, led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. What did Miss Julianne just sing right before preaching time? Mm. About him leading us. Some through the waters. Some through the flood. Some through the fire. But all through the blood. Oh, our Savior leads his dear children along. He leads us. And notice that last verse once again said, he doesn't lead us in the muck and the mire and the dirty and dusty. He doesn't lead us down the old paths of sin. He leads us in the new road of righteousness. Amen. Those are the ways he leads us. So this, con this, this, this conflict, these contrary things are easily identified. Spirit or flesh. Right. It is liberty or the law. It is righteousness or sin. It is true love or it is lust. It is peace or it is condemnation. It is life or it is death. It's saved or it's lost. Now, if we're saved, let's just take a few terminology. Let's take a few terms. Take a few terms out of our reading today in Romans chapter number eight. If it's saved, if it's saved, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual life. And I know that there's people all over the world that, I'm a spiritual person, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, howdy. <Yeah. laughs> I think we need to test that spirit. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Try the spirits to see if they're from, I'm a spiritual person. No, you token right. is what you're doing. You're hitting that wacky weed. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You, you, you might be spiritual as the world finds it. But you don't have the Spirit of God. Right. Those that are saved, they pursue life and peace. They walk in the ways that the Holy Spirit leads. They think the thoughts of, uh, they think thoughts of, of the Spirit of God honoring those things that honor God, those things that honor the Spirit of God. They walk That's within right. the commands of God. They intend to please God. That's the marks of a saved person, according to our scripture today. 
But the lost people, the lost people, this is how they act. This is how, listen to me now, this is how lost people, according to the scriptures, act. They are sinful. They sin regularly. They pursue the lust of the flesh. They walk in the ways of the flesh. They think the thoughts of the sinful flesh. They do not and they cannot obey the commands of God. And it says there they cannot please God. That's the identifiers of a lost person. I want to focus in on it. I didn't do a complete count here, Brother Howard, so forgive me, Professor. I didn't do a complete count. But scan through these verses with me. Look in verse number one. Notice the word after. Verse number one, after. Okay? Got after there. After the flesh. After the spirit. Look at verse, look at verse number four. After the flesh. After the spirit. Mm-hmm. 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 We're in the flesh, in the spirit. Look down in verse number 12. Look down in verse number 12. We're debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. In verse number 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. You're after it. You're after it. Well, if you're after something, that means you're pursuing it. You're following it. You're, you're going behind it. That's, that's, what, that's what lost people, they go after the flesh. They go after the things of the flesh. They go after the music that the flesh likes. They go after the entertainment that the flesh likes. They go after the drink that the flesh likes. They go after the tobacco that the flesh likes. They go after the beer that the flesh likes. They go after the naked movies that the flesh likes. And be looking around all you want to because it's you, Jack. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, hey. The flesh wants wickedness. The flesh wants wickedness. It loves wickedness. But you're saved. Convince me that about what you're about what you're walking after. Sure. Now I'm not confusing y'all. This is a message. I, I'm gonna preach this other places. I'm just trying it out on y'all. So don't, don't think this all applies to y'all. Okay. Not Wahoo. Not Wahoo. Because we're Wahoo. Our pastor's Mark Stroud. Let me tell you something. I go all over this country and I and, and I see Brother Mark actually more at other meetings than I do here at Wahoo. You know what people do, Brother Mark Stroud, and other places we go to? They revere him. They stand in awe of him as a preacher. And I'm not saying they worship him, but I'm telling you something. People respect Mark Stroud, not just because he's a great preacher, but because of the kind of man he is and the Lord that he follows and the spirit that he's in tune with and the life that he lives and the way that he serves people and he lives what he preaches. So let me just make a kind statement here. Just because our preacher is a highly revered and respected preacher in this country does not automatically make you a good Christian. Point at me. Not y'all now. I'm trying this out on y'all. See if it'll work in all these other wicked churches I go to. Just because your pastor is a man of God and preaches the word of God and is sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God does not make you a good Christian. Just because you're a member of a Bible-believing independent Baptist church who serves and works, who does and labors, who gives and gives does not make you a good Christian. What makes 
Christian is what this scripture has said. We live after the Spirit. We walk after the Spirit. We desire the things of the Spirit because we're saved and we don't go back down those old dusty roads and we don't put on those old robes and we don't talk that old talk and we don't walk that old walk and we don't say those old things. We don't enjoy those old things. Why? Because we're a new creature. We're a new creature. He says in verse 1 of, after, of, of, of Romans 8, Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. All right, let me, let me try this out on y'all. Let me try this out on y'all. Um, brother, brother Jacob, would you get me one of those waters over there, please, sir? All right, let me try this out on y'all. See if, see if any of you parents can identify with this. All right? Any of these parents? All right? Thank you, sir. All right, let's, let's, y'all just go with me right here. I'm going to try to make this make sense, all right? Don't that make y'all thirsty? Man, that's good. Don't you wish you had one of those? You know what your th flesh is doing right now? It's thirsting. Why? Because your flesh wants what it wants. Time out. You know what your flesh wants? It wants what it sees other people getting. Right. Right. Yes, I don't get to do that. Right. Mm. Why don't I get to do that? Why don't I? Why don't I get? Why don't I have one of those? Hmm. Okay. Now, when I was a kid, I don't know what kids say now, but when I was a kid and we were going to make up a little story, we'd say 10 like. Let's 10 like we're going to, in other words, pretend as if, okay? So let's just 10 like this story here happens, all right? Let's say there's a child, boy or girl, doesn't matter. There's a child, and, 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 the, and the child has two parents, a mom and daddy, and, 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 and let's say that the child wants this pair of shoes that it's seen. Now, go with me. You parents, you may not be able to identify with this with your kids wanting really nice shoes. I don't know. Maybe. I got girls, so I know all about this. So look, the child wants this pair of shoes, sees the pair of shoes, hears about the pair of shoes, gets all kind of information about the pair of shoes, looks up all the data, all the 411 on those shoes. I mean, I mean they know everything about those shoes. And they love those shoes, and they, and they, and they figure out, should, should I go to mama or should I go to daddy? Because they know which one is that soft touch. So little girls, they might go to daddy. Little boys, they might go to mama. So just it doesn't matter, but just one of them is a soft touch. Let's, let's pretend like we're going to mama. Mama, 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 I love you. Oh, is that right? What do you want? See, that's what they know. That's what mamas know. You tell daddy you love you, he'll say, what do you want? It's the same phrase, different little, you know what I'm saying? What do you want? Well, there's this, there's this pair of shoes. There's this pair of shoes. And, and, and man, I love, I, I love them. I've just fallen in love with these shoes. And I, man, I, I, I've seen other people wear these shoes. And they're, man, I, the, let me just tell you, Mama, let me just tell you, the best people I know wear these shoes. The best people that you and I know, they wear these shoes. They wear these shoes. Well, you got a lot of shoes. You got athletic shoes. You got school shoes. You got outside shoes. You got going to the barn shoes. You got going to work shoes. You got school shoes. You got church shoes. Yeah, yeah, but mama, these shoes, they do all that. 
Stay with me, pretend like. These shoes do all that. I can wear them to school. I can wear them to work. I can wear them to church. I can. They, 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 they go with everything, and they, they, go, they go all those places. And let me just say it this way, Mama. If there's anywhere that those shoes ought not go, I won't go there. If there's anywhere where those shoes that get messed up and those shoes that get dirty, I won't go there. You want these shoes? Oh, I want these shoes so bad. I've never wanted anything as bad as I want these shoes. Well, now here's the daddy question. Say it with me, fellas. How much? Thank you. Thank you, Brother Cody. You in there. How much? Can I get an amen, daddy? How much? How much? How much? Well, this is where mama would say, I'll go talk to daddy. Don't you? I'll go, I'll go talk to daddy. And, and she tells him all about, you know, child won't see shoes. And he says, that's nice. How much? And she says, a lot. So they can wear them all these places. Yeah. And anywhere that their shoes are not good for, they won't go there. No. And they go with everything. Yeah. Wear them to church, wear them to school, wear them to work, wear them to play in. Right? Yeah. How long are they supposed to last? Forever. They're supposed to last forever. The heel, heel won't wear out. The soul, the, 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 they won't get a hole in the sole. They won't get tore and dirty. I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like these shoes before, Daddy. Well, how much? Well, it's a lot. You know what's gonna be? You know it's gonna be, Daddy. It's gonna be a sacrifice. It's gonna be a sacrifice. But they really want it, and you know what? I think they really need them. I think they really need them. Are you sure? Yeah. It's a sacrifice. Well, all right. Let's go get them. Daddy'll figure something out. Here we go. And Daddy figures something out. And mama goes and gets the shoes. And the child, child is every night looking at pictures of the shoes. Every time they go to town, they see somebody in them shoes. He said, look, they wear no shoes. Look, there's no shoes I want so bad. Look how good they look. Look how they wear them. They're wearing them to work. They're wearing, those are wearing them at school. Those are wearing them at church. I want them so bad. Comes home one day. There's a pretty shiny box with pretty paper and a ribbon on it. There it is, purchased and paid for. Didn't have to put it on installments. There's that shoe, there's those pair of shoes. And that child just runs and rips open that package and reaches in and gets those shoes and holds those shoes up and said, oh, I've got exactly what I need. I've got exactly what, thank you, thank you, thank you for my shoes. Thank you for my shoes. And they, and they wear them around all day and they wear them to school the next morning. They wear them to work in the afternoon and then they wear them to church on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday. They wear those shoes for two or three days. And they're so excited about the shoes. They're telling everybody about the shoes. Oh, look at these shoes. Oh, it was some, my mom and dad. How much did they cost, man? It was a sacrifice, but man, they loved me. They gave me these shoes. Then about Thursday. Get up. Gonna be late for school. Let's go. Let's go. Well, here they come down, and they got on their old shoes. And Mama says, what are you wearing? Well, I just thought I'd wear these. No, 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 no. Let me remind you, you wanted those shoes. You said those shoes would go anywhere. 
You said those shoes fit you. They're made for you. You said those shoes are there. You said you, wear, you, said you were going to wear those shoes. Yeah, I don't want to wear them today. That's the old shoes. That's the ones that we can't even get clean anymore. That's the ones that are dirty and torn. That's the ones you say hurt your feet. That's the ones that you said were wore out and you didn't want them. You wanted those new shoes. Yeah, I don't, I don't wear them. I, I don't wear them. I can't, I can't go put them shoes on. I don't, I don't want to. I, I got to go. And out the door they go in them old shoes. Now, how do you think that made that mom and daddy feel? You know what mama did? She called husband up because he's already been at work an hour. Said, you are not going to believe this. This child, we sacrificed for them shoes. They begged for them shoes. They wanted them shoes so bad. Can you believe it? She's got it on speakerphone holding up to her head. And she says, can you believe it? He's like, I can't believe it. I'm going to tear it. No, you can't. Uh-uh. No, no. You can't whoop them. Why not? Yeah, go ahead and whoop them, daddy. Just go ahead and whoop them. That's what I say. Tell mama to hang up. How do you think that makes mom and daddy feel? When they paid a high price for you to have these great shoes that you could wear anywhere you need to go. And anywhere you didn't need to go, you don't need to go there. And they said, here's these new shoes. And you were so excited. And then all of a sudden, just one day, you just went back wearing them old brogans. It's got like stitching coming out of them. And the shoelace has been broke up and tied. And it's got, got, got cowboy on it. And got, got, got dog mess on it. And got, got tears in it. I mean, they won't even wear, let you wear them on the basketball court. They're so wore out. Right. And that's the shoes you want to put on. What's that say about your respect for your parent there, child? in this 10-like story. How much does that show your parents that you love them when they sacrifice for you to have what you need and what you want, what's going to last you forever, and you just go put on the old shoes? Why do you put on them old shoes? They're used to going them old places. You don't care if they get dirty. You don't mind if they get smutty and, and sooty out around the, the brush pyre, brush fire, go down in the woods, I mean, go, in them, go down the barn. You don't care if they get dirty. You know why? They're supposed to get dirty. You wouldn't wear them good shoes to that dirty old place, would you? No. Fact of business, you said, I won't even go to them old places because anywhere I can't wear these shoes is somewhere I don't need to be. The problem is not the fact that we sin because we're human beings. Hate to tell you, we're going to sin. As bad as we try not to. Isn't that right? We fall. We all fail. We all fail. We all sin. We all sin. That's not the, pro that's not the main issue. We know that. And we can we can't overcome that through the power of the spe of the spirit. That's not the real problem. That's that's something that we're going to have to live with till we're not loosed just from the power of sin, but from the presence of sin. The problem is this: the problem is saved folks living like lost folks. That's right. 
People get all mad about the world acting the way they're acting. People get all mad about alcohol and drugs and trans and abortion and all this kind. Hey, listen, take your pressure off. That's how they're supposed to act because they're lost. I can't believe they said those words. Why? They're lost. That's lost people's words. I can't believe they take the name of the Lord's the name the, the name of the Lord in vain like that and blaspheme God. Why are you surprised? They're lost. That's what they're supposed to say. Why? Because they're not under the law of God. They're not under the commandments of God. They don't love the commandments of God. They don't abide by what Jesus said. If you'll love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's, 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 they're lost people. They're supposed to act that way. But that's not the way saved people are supposed to act. That is not the way saved people are supposed to talk. That's not the way saved people are supposed to live. That's not the way saved people are supposed to think. That's not the way saved people are supposed to do and go and live. That's not the way. You've got life in you and you're living dead. You've got eternal life within you and you're living like a dead man. The new man is living like he's old man. The spiritual man is living fleshly. Now, hear what I'm saying this morning. There is nobody who gets it 100% right every single time. How do I know that? Because we just read about the Apostle Paul whom Jesus spoke to on the Damascus Road and who lost his life, lost his head literally for the gospel, whom we're reading about this morning. And if he had a problem with the flesh, you and I have got problems with the flesh. Amen? Oh, me. Brother Howard, do you you think it's possible even in these last few days when I've been working on this thought and putting this message together and all... Do you, think, do you think I had any struggles with the flesh in the last few days? Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> do you think so? Yes. Do you think I, like Paul, got up in the morning and said, Lord, it's not my intention to do anything but please you. And before the, struck, the, the clock struck midnight, I was down on my knees by the bed saying, Oh, God. I can't believe I let myself think that way. I can't believe I let myself say, I can't believe I let myself, I can't believe that I didn't witness when I had that opportunity. I cannot believe that they never knew I saved. I can't believe that I lived in front of them and they never knew I was saved. That's just me. Probably not y'all. Probably not y'all. But if you're anything like me and the yeah. Apostle Paul, it's a war. It's a war. And you know what? The world knows if you're winning or not. They know if I'm winning or losing that war. You know why? Because if I'm, if I'm winning, I'm not listening to what they listen to. If I'm winning, I'm not looking at what they're looking at. Right now, Brother Chris, everywhere I go, Every single preacher that I sit down and have lunch with, every single preacher tells me this, that pornography is the plague, not just of the teenagers, of the church, of the ministry. Pornography. And if it's not that, 
it's people who are so absorbed, absorbed in things like politics that you can't get them to do anything for the Lord. They're more loyal to a candidate than they are to Christ. Let me just say this. If you're supposed to be living life as a Christian, you won't pursue a path that takes you out of church. Any career, I'm just going to say, hey, not y'all. Any career where you're gone out of church more than you're home, in church, I'd quit today. Yeah, sure. And trust God, trust God to give me another job on Monday morning. Yeah. Why don't you try him out? Why don't you try him out? Amen? If you're purposefully going towards a career that's going to take you out of church, what are you after? What are you following after? What are you after? Are you after the things of the flesh? Are you after the pleasures of the flesh? Are you after the lust of the flesh? Are you after the satisfaction of the flesh? I think about that child going out of, this, going out of the house with those old shoes on. Why are you going out with those old shoes on? Well, other people make fun of my new shoes. I, I don't want to make fun of my new shoes. I, 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 like the, I like the new shoes, but they don't make fun of me while I'm wearing these old shoes. I fit in better when I wear these old shoes. I believe I just walked by myself. Well, the Curtis Hudson, I believe he said it this way. You won't walk for long if you're not willing to walk alone. Put them good shoes on. Put them good shoes on that walk you down the paths of righteousness. Why don't you put them good shoes on and say, Lord, let order my steps. Lead me in the pathway of life everlasting. That's where those good shoes take you. Those other shoes taking you down a slippery gravel road to hell and death. I don't know where you are this morning. And like I say, this is just practice on y'all. Probably doesn't apply to anybody at Wahoo. But just in case, just in case there's somebody lost this morning, just in case there's somebody who's consumed by sin, just in case there's somebody who is living lost, with the spirit inside. Just in case there's somebody who's still putting on them old shoes, you might want to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do this morning.